Time for Talk of the Town with Lisa Kay. Time for another Talk of the Town. My name is Lisa Kay and my guest once again, Susan Arntz, Mankato City Manager, continuing our conversation from the last Talk of the Town, part two of the State of the City of Mankato. And then on that growth piece, we have the sustainable development we helped uh, Greater Mankato Growth, our staff helped them create a grant application for about $2 million of funding that will used for uh, business development in the city center area of Mankato and North Mankato, and then along the 169 and along Highway 14, those corridors. Mm-hmm. So those are some huge grants. They've made some initial awards of grant funding through that and then have a series of grant awards kind of mapped and planned over the next couple of years. So certainly something if you're listening and you are a business in that area to think about and to watch for. Um, they aren't they aren't millions of dollars of grants, but they are uh, grants that can be either used to leverage some other, other resources or to take on some um, key uh, development and and redevelopment in those areas. That'll be exciting to see. Those are areas that are always talked about, it seems like. Yeah, um, right. In in different capacities. Um, I know that we talked about the drone. Yeah, which unmanned aerial vehicle. That that was a really well-listened-to talk of the town. It sure was. Um, People were really interested in in why, what, how, how is it used. And still, you know, when we talked about it, it was new. Mm -hmm. And we talked about how we anticipated that all the departments of the city would find and have some capability to use it. I think people think of it in the public safety context more often than any other. Right. And what we've seen since we've implemented it and put it in place is that actually every other department but public safety has has taken more advantage of it. <laughs> um, we have used it in public safety, but it's been used more often in engineering uh, with some of our inspection work, with some of our stormwater work which are all things we anticipated that we would use it. Um, We've actually been able to take advantage of it in, I would say, almost every other department than public safety. Public safety, again, has used it, but not as much. much. The majority of the flights have been through engineering from an inspection standpoint. We've used it with public information to create some images for some of the information that we're trying to review and to build. Um, capture some images. We've certainly used it along the river Mm -hmm. um, as we've been doing some of the riverbank restoration this winter. So lots of, um, lots of opportunities. And it's been a really huge plus. Uh, Last year, we also kicked off a new online building permit system. Yeah. And as a result, about 50% of the permits issued last year um, were issued using the online system. I think it's easier for people that easier can they can check that. on it. Mm-hmm. They can get their report or get their permit without having to come into the city office. Um, in the fast facts section, kind of the data at the end, it shows that last year we performed eight thousand fifty six building inspections. So some of our permits involve more than one inspection. Right. But when you think about that and think about just the sheer volume. Um, it, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And the last piece on the technology side is we also implemented the body-worn cameras last year. Also a really good conversation. That oh, was very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, so not, depending on the assignment, not all of our officers wear them. So if they're undercover or they're in the office for a period of time, 
those aren't times when they're going to have that body worn camera. But mm-hmm. when they are out in the public, um, they you know they will be expected to use it. We've had some, I'll say, very minor technological challenges, but overall it's been received very well by mm-hmm. our staff uh, and by the public. And we've, so that's been a really uh, strong positive for us uh, to have that program in place last year. That's pretty cool. Um, stewardship is the next section. And what is that all about? So stewardship generally is the fact that we are the caretaker of the land, the environment, uh, you know, the parks, the pipes, um, you know, kind of all the things that, you know, people people expect and, and want to see cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, again, uh, meet and exceed the state and federal drinking water standards. Uh, so the report covers that. Um, we seal coated 150 blocks of city streets, which seal coating is kind of where we put on that uh, slurry or that oil. And then we come back, you know, a day or so later and sweep it back up. Um, by seal coating the street, we're really preventing and protecting the surface of the street. Okay. And so it's a really important part of uh, kind of that routine and regular um, maintenance and care for the pavement. We pilot, piloted Nomo May last year and had over 700 households participate in that. Uh, this year, we learned some things last year. So one mm-hmm. of the things we learned was that we need to kind of communicate a little differently about some of the city-owned property, about why that is being mowed mm-hmm. during May. So we have fields that get used for sports or other kinds of activities. Those are areas that we have to maintain. We can't let them be go sure. natural. Uh, but there are other areas that we have where during the month of May, we can back off on our mowing as well. Uh, That's got to be a savings too. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and the other piece that we want to spend a little more time talking about this year is kind of the benefit to the pollinator. Right. And, you know, it's not just let your grass go to seed, but what does it really do for the, uh, from a pollination standpoint? Mm-hmm. So we'll be working a little bit with differently with that. In addition to learning last year, we also learned that we had emerald ash borer in two different places in our downtown area, which we were already starting last year. Some I'll call it prescribed culling of ash trees in the community. Mm-hmm. And then we learned that we had found emerald ash borer in the community. So it caused us to pivot just a little uh, in kind of that prescribed culling of the ash trees. And uh, last year we removed about 100 trees and we will be doing uh, that or more work this year uh, in 23, mm. continuing to work through that. And then after we remove the trees, then the plan is to work through diversification of the tr- of the tree species. So kind of bringing back boulevard trees and the trees that we've removed, bringing back and planting different types, different right? types and uh, a variety of different things. So that'll be an exciting thing to kind of watch. It's totally when I when you know better, you do better thing, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to kind of see how does that look and feel as a community as we start bringing in a different different varieties and different species in areas. Um, you know, one of the things that people love so much in communities is when there's this beautiful canopy of trees, mm-hmm. sometimes in the spring, sometimes in the summer, but for sure in the fall. And as we start diversifying that tree species, we're going to see a different look of the canopy. We'll see potentially different colors at different times. So that's going to be an exciting thing to kind of watch and kind of navigate forward with our team. So excited for that. Yeah. And please tell me now we can have goats. 
not well, really. Not yet. <laughs> not but yet. We did last year uh, work in Land of Memories Park on a new phrase I've learned called prescribed grazing. Um, <laughs> and so we had about 30 goats that we used in Land of Memories Park to kind of work on the working on buckthorn. The council in 23, early 23, gave us direction on uh, working on some modifications to our code to allow prescribed grazing in the community overall. Um, so it, that's something kind of coming soon to a community you know and love. Um, so we'll be working on that uh, prescribed grazing. Ordinance. Gated goats. Yep. yep. Gated goats. That's right. Just keep them all in one place. Move them around. Right? Yeah. And then the last part under stewardship is really the caring of our employees, which is probably in addition to the other assets we kind of want to care for and are responsible for, our employees are another asset that we have. Mm -hmm. And none of what you've heard today could have been done without the amazing talents on our staff and the partnership we have with the public. So each one of you listening to this has a huge stake in um, the success of our community, but also you are also able to take credit um, for a lot of these things because without your involvement and engagement, very little of this would be as successful. So, mm -hmm. you know, we certainly want to say thank you to all of our partners, not just our staff, but we have a lot of formal partnerships and informal partnerships. We have people in the community that we've celebrated that have taken responsibility in their neighborhoods for uh, this winter. We've recognized uh, our fire hydrant stewards. So we've got some people that are, you know, taking it on I themselves. I knew one of them too. Oh, I was great. like, that's my friend's dad. There yeah. You go. yeah. <laughs> Taking care of their neighborhood. And yeah. you know, those small things go a long, long way. So in this category about our employees, we talk about, again, the public safety wellness program that we launched. Uh, it's really a, I'll call it a whole self wellness program for our public safety team to make sure that we are investing in them, but we also help them show up the best way they can for mm -hmm. the public because we that's really an important um, important piece that we have. We created a new supervisory training program last year uh, that where we've trained about 56 of our supervisors and individuals that are, uh, I'll call it emerging leaders in the organization. Okay. So that's been a very well-received um, opportunity. And then the report also recognizes uh, some areas where our team has given back in different ways. So one of the common ways that our team gives back is uh, participating in Night to Unite. I don't think that Night to Unite would be as fun without those folks coming out. We yeah. have, I mean, the, the public safety vehicles are, yeah, are right. out. and Yeah, it's super fun to yeah. you know give an opportunity to not only raise the importance of why it's important to know your neighbors, but also to, you know, you get the opportunity to see the truck, right? Mm -hmm. Ask the questions. Um, and, you know, it's a different way to ask the questions than calling 311 because we show up in your neighborhood, right? Right. And um, and you can ask, you know, to someone directly face-to-face. -face. So that's always helpful, too. I think in my neighborhood, somebody brought out, like, a drain cam that the oh, yeah. sewer department oh, will use to yeah. go down. And, like, we had no idea that that was even a thing. Oh, yeah. We so. create a lot of television of the <laughs> sewer drains. I've seen a lot of interesting television. People usually think about the sewer videos as they think about the sewer as being just what leaves your toilet but it's also so much else yeah you know your shower your washing machine your dishwasher your kitchen sink mm -hmm. you know all those uh, pieces and particles go it doesn't into the just magically well. disappear no and we have a team that works really hard on maintaining them and 
um, and they take a lot of pride in um, in that work, and we're really grateful for that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the last thing I guess I would talk about with um, kind of some of our proud moments. So last year, our several four members of our finance team were recognized uh, as receiving a Distinguished Budget Award. Doesn't sound super exciting, but it is a huge recognition that very few cities in the country um, can say they have achieved. Oh, and uh, the four people that we kind of photographed and and highlight in the report are really the people that helped create the budget and help on a day to day basis manage that budget. And supporting them are another fifty plus people that contribute information that help build and create that budget. So mm-hmm. we've got, you know, close to 60 people that have touched the budget creation and development process. So very proud of, of all of the work that they've done. Um, we, last year, uh, Officer Keith Mortensen and his son Lucas were recognized for their involvement in the military um, at an MSU event at the arena. So very proud of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, uh, Jim Archer, who is one of our industrial chemists, uh, received some recognition for his work during COVID on participating in some of the research work on kind of the wastewater elements uh, that represented and showed uh, the levels of COVID in our wastewater system oh, wow. to help create predictive indicators about where is it spreading, where is it coming from, and those pieces. And certainly Jim's uh, attention to that work was appreciated locally, but recognized statewide. So we certainly want to say thank you. There's also a photo in this report of four uh, members of our public safety department. And it's really an effort to recognize the fact that, you know, one of the taglines for Mankato is leading the way. Mm -hmm. And we have 21% of our public safety department is female. Uh, And nationally, uh, the average nationally of public safety departments is about 13%. Oh, so we are leading the way. Ahead of the um, national average. And it's in in addition to the female partners that we have on the staff, we have a lot of male partners that have created a very healthy and welcoming space that fosters that uh, growth. Because one of our long-term goals is to have our public safety department reflect the community we serve. Sure. And so we're really proud of the talent that uh, these 21 women bring to the department. Uh, We are a better and stronger department because of them. And as we continue to diversify that that department, we're excited to see what that future looks like. That's pretty cool. Super exciting for that. Absolutely. Uh, I know that you give some some updates on some of the projects that are going to be going on as you continue forward as well. Yeah, so in 23, um, some things that we have $20 million of infrastructure work going on right now this winter. It's probably one of the largest amounts of work we've had uh, through the winter months. So we've had the Riverbank Restoration Project should start coming to a wrap here in the next week or two. Um, We have... Um, work going on at the uh, Turtlelot Park for the pool and the bathhouse. Um, that work is right now a little behind schedule, but it, it's been going on all winter, so we're um, staying on top of that. We hope to have that project wrapped up in early spring of 24, so the pool will be ready for the 24 swim season. Um, and the other major project that we have going on 
uh, right now is kind of wrap up of our uh, improvements at Thomas Park with the softball uh, fields and that work. So we're um, working through that. We're hoping for a strong spring. Uh, the project that project is on time and on budget, and so we're very very happy. It might even be slightly behind or a little bit below budget. So oh, wow. we're excited for that project. We have some significant improvements that have been going on last year and through the winter at the Mayo Clinic Health System Event Center. Uh, so the EFIS work, which is essentially the gray siding that's going up around the outside. Uh, we had some significant failures in the EFIS pre- previously, and so the work that we have going on helps okay. manage and protect that. I didn't. I, I was wondering what was going on down yeah. there, but I didn't know that that was... We replaced the chiller um, for the um, arena, and which is a major piece of that asset, certainly. So the ice is not as soft. Right, right exactly. Yep. Um, as a hockey parent, you know <laughs> more than more than necessary about that. The importance more of that. than I want to know. Yeah, and then we did work on the roof mm-hmm. um, in April of twenty. Uh, we had a major storm that um, kind of affected the roof and the ephus on one side of the building, which caused us to inspect all of it, mm-hmm. which is what precipitated doing all of this work. Okay, pardon the pun. So, um, <laughs> so important work has been going on. Other things that the public can expect to see uh, on the 13th, the council authorized us to go out for bids on um, the six pickleball court edition at Turtlelot Park. Sure. So uh, more work in Turtlelot Park. We that have has grown like exponentially in popularity. Absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah, it's been a great. It's a great um, multi generational sport. Right. So we're very happy for that. Um, we'll have work in Erlinson Park. That's just, a, not just, but it is a playground replacement that we have working there. We continue to work on the air traffic control tower out at the airport mm. um, and working with the FAA on kind of developing that that project. Um, and then, you know, we'll be working on our five-year transit development plan. So those are some big things that we have for next year as well. Right. Or for 23, this year. This year. This yeah. year. We'll talk about that next year. I right. assume. Um, did I see that the they were bringing in some new vehicles to the oh, city's yeah. fleet? We did add, uh, I'll call it, two unique vehicles to is our that fleet. Yellow. It's kind of actually a, a fluorescent green. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so that what what uh, Lisa's referring to is the air traffic or aircraft rescue and firefighting vehicle. We acquired a used piece of equipment from the uh, the airport in the Twin Cities um, to replace an out of date, beyond its useful life, uh, firefighting equipment that we had had out at the airport. And so it is the most unique looking piece of equipment that we have. If you go out to our social media, we created a reel that shows kind of some of the elements and features of this truck in specific. Um, I do think it is, I'm pretty sure it's one of the only vehicles that we have in our fleet that is that color. <laughs> it's definitely, um, it stands out. Yeah, it definitely stands out. And it is that color to help uh, airplanes be able to see it in a different way. Okay. Um, and then last year, we also added a new ladder truck. So we had an older truck that we replaced and added a newer ladder truck. What's exciting for our team about this new ladder truck is that the storage capabilities it has on it are really quite remarkable and it we it creates space for some um, I'll call it more sustainable battery powered rescue equipment okay. where 
in the past, it was heavy. It was hard to store. It was, um, you know, not as um, environmentally friendly because it was either gas or diesel-powered equipment. Um, and so by, you know, using the battery-powered equipment, it's lighter. It's uh, easier to use. Um, it's easier to train on mm. and easier to store. And it has quickly become the preferred equipment. <laughs> so Everybody o- wants to drive that one. Right. right. And so over time, as we replace various pieces of our equipment, whether it's leaf blowers or the um, the equipment on the fire trucks that we use to uh, cut cut cars, you know, mm-hmm. in critical incidents, um, you know, battery powered equipment has come so far. And so we're really happy that at, over time, you know, as we replace these things, they're being replaced with. Uh, you know, a, a more sustainable version of themselves and uh, and have quickly become the more preferred. Maybe, just maybe, you'll see one of these vehicles, the new fleet vehicles out uh, at your Night to Unite. Who maybe, knows? yeah. I don't know if we'll take the ARF truck out, though. That, <laughs> it, it doesn't drive very, f- I mean, it can, I suppose, but. It's designed for something totally different. Yeah. You can check out a picture online. Susan, uh, if people are interested in taking a look at um, the whole entire uh, state of the city that you have put together. It's online. It's online. They can call 311 and we can mail them a copy. Be call number 239. Right, that of is. the year, yeah. right? <laughs> or of the day. Of the right? day. <laughs> um, you can um, do an online request through our customer service app on the website. You could come into the government center and pick a copy up. Um, you can call me directly or email me directly and I'll make sure one gets delivered or mailed to you. All right. Lots of different ways to pick that up. Thanks for sharing all that information with us today. Um, and uh, a couple of talk of the towns we got filled up here talking a little bit about what's been going on the last year uh, in the city of Mankato. Susan Arntz, Mankato City Manager. Good to see you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.